Okay. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 4 of the Skip to Credits podcast. It is November 19th, 2016 on the day of recording. I am joined... November today. 20th. Well, it's November 20th for one of our uh, <laughs> podcast crew today. Um, joined today by yeah, uh, Michael, who... Uh, I, live in, I live in the future. He so. lives in the future, uh, somewhere down in New Zealand. Hi, Michael. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, pretty well. How are you? Pretty good. I'm also joined by someone who's much closer to where I am uh, up I, up on Vancouver Island. His name is Jack. Hi, Jack. Hello. Yeah. If uh, if uh, this is a little uh, <laughs> weird, this is the first time I'm hosting the podcast or doing the intro. So uh, you, I mean, I, I just want to say that you definitely have the voice for it. Oh, thanks, uh, Jack. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic. I think you actually sound like a a podcast voice maybe I, maybe i was practicing in the shower but uh, let's not talk about that um if you've never heard of uh, skipped credits or never heard an episode we are three engineers uh, who became friends uh sort of out of common interests uh that we like talking about every once in a while so we do a ep- uh, podcast every two weeks talking about the latest in pop culture we put down our calipers and calculators and just uh talk about <laughs> uh the the stuff we've been watching or playing and yeah so i think as you might have uh as you might have figured out from the title of this podcast we're going to be talking a lot about arrival which is a new sci-fi movie that came out last week uh most places around the world the spoiler cast bit will be towards the end of the podcast so you don't have to worry if you haven't watched the movie um, we'll leave all the spoiler-heavy stuff for the end of the podcast, so it'll be business as usual for the beginning. But uh, maybe we'll start off with our general impressions and uh, non-spoilery um, recommendations, maybe, of whether people should watch this movie or not. Let's start with you, Jack. Sure. Uh, yes, they should watch it. Michael? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Michael. We don't need any more elaboration. Um, one line is. Yeah, enough. no, I I completely agree with Jack. You should watch the movie. Yeah, I I would uh, I would say yeah, you should watch the movie. But uh, based on my own experience, don't don't go in with uh, very high expectations. It's uh, yeah, oh, that's as much as I'll say for now. Um, but Arrival isn't the only thing we've uh, watched the last two weeks. Um, well, I don't. You start, Jack. Or, sorry, Michael, and let us know um, what you think of the first episode of the highly anticipated new uh, TV show from Jeremy Clarkson and co. Uh, first, uh, I just want to say one, one thing about Arrival. Um, I I will elaborate a little bit on my one se- <laughs> sentence, which is, um, as far as like going to the, to the movies... Going to see Arrival is like one of the best experiences I've had in a long time. And going to a cinema and and enjoying a movie, it's a, it's the right kind of movie for that. So, so I would recommend it if you're ever going to watch it, watch it in theaters. Yeah, um, I would second that. Yep. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as as for things that I've been watching uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, like Sahil just alluded to, I, I did uh, get the opportunity to enjoy the. First episode of the Grand Tour, which is um, sort of the—I don't want to say follow-up to Top Gear, but it's the—it's the TV series that the spiritual three successor. Main hosts, spiritual successor, yeah, of of Top Gear, the the BBC television show, which after the the three main presenters and the producer sort of jumped ship, um, they joined uh, joined hands with. Amazon and created the Grand Tour, and my uh, my overall impressions were that it was it was back to the good old days of like classic Top Gear. It was it was so good to watch and super funny, super enjoyable. Um, highly recommended for anyone who enjoys uh, any of those uh, old Clarkson uh, things. So yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely give it a go. that's good to hear. Is there like is it completely like? Is it like watching another episode of Top Gear? Or are they doing more different stuff? Uh, it's 
it felt a lot like Top Gear in a lot of ways. Like the sort of like the video format is is similar, where they like they'll start off the episode with sort of like this is this is what we're doing today, um, and then they like like in this one they they test three cars together, and I won't tell you which because Jack will have a fit. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, but then I, they, I already know what the three cars. Oh yeah, okay, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, so they they test the um, Ferrari LaFerrari, the um, Porsche 918 and the McLaren P1. And so the first like 10 or 20 minutes of the episode is that. And then they jump to other stuff in the middle of the episode. And then at the end of the episode, they jump back to those three cars and sort of finish it off with another 20 minutes of, of various things. Um, so in that respect, it's very similar to, to Top Gear. Right. And to me, Top Gear was never about the cars so much. It was always about the hosts. And those hosts are just fantastic together. And it's totally, it's it's totally like the good old days. Like the three of them are back together, and it's it's awesome. Well, do they have a news section? Oh yeah, kind of. Um, they had like a oh, what do they call? It? I can't remember what they call it, but they they a lot of the time they're sort of making fun of of the old BBC program because they can't actually right copy it for legal reasons so they they sort of like get around like dance around that in sort of pretty some pretty funny ways right so yeah it's 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 been good but. nice uh just yeah. i just want to ask a question is it like around an hour like the old show or is it different to the yeah show? this one was an hour and 10 minutes okay this one so that's cool yeah yeah if you want to ask a question jack just go ahead you don't have to make the statement you that you're to. gonna ask a question all right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that's cool. That's cool. Speaking of Who's next? speaking of premieres. <laughs> speaking. Oh my god! Did so, you do your segue? I was going to do the segue, but I was uh, sorry. I delayed it a bit. Um, speaking of premieres, um, I was uh, doing, or I played the opposite of that. I played the season finale of Hitman um, about uh, two weeks ago, and. Why are you, why are you, sm- why are you, wait, why are you laughing? Yeah. Because your segues are uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, I tried. Um, yeah, it was the, the last episode of the first season of this reboot of Hitman. And uh, as, as you know, or as I've talked about before, every episode is set in a different place. And the last season, the last episode was, uh, was set in Japan in a like, super high-tech hospital. Uh, tucked away on a mountainside, which you can only access by a helicopter or some sort of uh, like cable car thing that goes down to the to the village. It's it's really beautifully rendered, and it's like typical, um, like what you've we've come to expect from the season of Ep- uh, Hitman, which is like this huge sandbox and with so many details. And yeah, I don't have much else to say that I haven't said before. This game I think is one of the most open-ended games I've ever played. Like, they they definitely tailor all the opportunities and systems, but sometimes even they don't know how it's all going to work out. And and sometimes they don't even tell you how to figure out something. You sort of have to play around with it. So for example, um, there was one kill where I led a target. I saw a target's, like, uh, route would go to, like, a spa, and she would look inside the spa, and there'd be, like, two guys... So you're a sauna. She'd be she'd look in the room and there'd be two guys. She'd go, oh, it's, there's too many peasants or something. I can't go in there. So I turned up the heat in the sauna. So the two guys, I, I did that because of something else. But I found out that those two guys left. So I, I thought, well, she's going to come back here. And I waited for her to come back. And she sat in the sauna and the heat was really high. And I locked the door. And, it ha- and obviously, well, she sort of dehydrated and died. That's... <laughs> That's sort of the uh, dark side of Hitman, but just the the system, you know, just figuring that stuff out is always cool. And it's, yeah, the only problem with the game, I don't even know if I'd call it a problem, is it doesn't have much of a story. So if you're coming in for, like, some sort of cool uh, espionage story, it's it's kind of the, the weakest part. So, yeah, I'll be talking about it a bit later uh, with regards to Game of the Year stuff. And, and when talking about news, but otherwise, uh, yeah, that's about it for Hitman. Unless anybody else, uh, I, I just sort of a general comment about video games in general. Um, 
as as morbid as it sounds that you're just talking about yeah you just basically the point of the game is to kill people yes 90 um, percent of games i think it's yeah. less it's, well not it's less about it's less about that it's just it's more about sort of sort of like being able to enter a world that you wouldn't be able to enter in real life um and it's just obviously games are meant or are, they're made to be fun yeah right so it's just they put you in these these situations that you'd never be in real life and you'd have fun with it. So that's like the point that you're. Yeah, at. and there's some cool meta stuff in in, in like I was playing DDR, uh, Dance Dance Revolution with Hitman, this bald, super serious agent found a DDR mat in the middle of this Japanese hospital and was just dancing. And somebody animated that dance. And like, there's just weird stuff you can do in video games that just wouldn't make any sense in anything else. So yeah. Yeah, it's just escapism. It's it's that's that's what most video games are. And Hitman is like, yeah, one of the best this year to do that. Yeah. So to to pivot from games to something more traditional, traditional form of media, we're gonna check in with our expert on movies, Jack. Uh, I'm really I'm, I'm, I'm really hamming these. Oh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a really, really, really old movie called Duck Soup. Okay. Um, it's from nineteen, I think, thirty-three or something. Holy shit! It stars the Marx Brothers, not to be confused with the other Marx Brothers that are, uh, I think, they're Soviet. No, maybe not actually not Soviet, but like they're, they're like part of the communist whatever. Um, but the Marx Brothers. So this is called. It's a political satire. Um, it's a really old form of comedy. It's got way too many puns for my liking. It's just filled with puns. It just doesn't stop. Um, it sounds amazing. <laughs> just way too many puns, man. Give us an example. It's ridiculous. Okay, I'll give you an example. Good thing you asked, but I didn't write this down. Wow. I was going to forget. Um, yeah, I'll prepare. So, uh, so, for example, so the basic story is about this guy who's put as like a, the, the, a president, I guess, of this country called Fredonia. Okay, yeah. right. Um, um, and, and okay, so uh, and, and there's like another country called uh, Sylvania. They're trying to like rule them or something. Anyway, so one of the scenes is they're in a court, and they're worried that if they have a war, they're gonna increase increase the taxes. For example, mm-hmm. so someone's like, uh, "Oh, we have to you now increase taxes." And then uh, one of the people is like, "Oh, my uncle lives in Texas." It's like really. <laughs> Just imagine like a lot. Uh, nice. Um, imagine lots and lots of that. Right. But nice. Good, I gotta watch so this it's, movie. So it's got like it's a very old school. It's very. Uh, it's got a lot of slapstick humor from like the thirties, and it's pretty short. It's like seventy minutes long, so it's not very long. But because back in the day, seventy minutes was actually a feature film. Now we have to. Now it's like you have to add another hundred minutes to that. Right. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's like a super old movie. Um, and then I've also from like a newish film. I saw like a movie called Coherence, which is a. Almost like a small, a very low budget, uh, small sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. It has, it's a little bit amateurish. There's a, there's some dialogue which is just obviously expositional, and uh, there's a bit of pseudoscience. But the basic idea is there's this comet that flies over the Earth or whatever, and then what ends up happening is they start. It's almost like a multi-reality movie. So, so. The whole, the same world, the same person. There's multiple per- person of that person, right? Multiple versions of that person. They're the same pe- mm-hmm. person, but they're like mm-hmm. different uh, alternate realities where they only combine in that one day or whatever. Um, it's directed by this guy called uh, James Ward Burkett, B Y R K I T. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. So it's it's, it's from 2013, so it's uh, past the. Uh, 2000 threshold for Sahel, so, that's, so you can watch it. Um, Apparently, it had yeah. a budget of 50,000 US dollars. That's it. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty very <laughs> low budget. It's, uh, yeah, you, should, you guys should definitely like check it out. It's pretty interesting. Hmm. It's hard to explain, but it's pretty much a psychological thriller. There's eight people, they show up at dinner or whatever. Uh, the whole town or neighborhood, the lights turn off. So they go to this one place where the lights are on and it turns out they, they that house is the same as the, the house that they're in okay whoa but the, 
I probably shouldn't have spoiled this, but like, the, the, pretty much, there's like multiple versions of the of the, of the people. Cool. Mm. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Do, you, do you guys watch any uh, movies? Or? Uh, I did. I watched Jingle All the Way, the best Arnold Schwarzenegger movie of all time. Agreed. I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, Jack, you should watch it. It's awesome. Um, so just give me like a, a quick synopsis. Uh, I have no idea what this is about. It'll sound familiar, but yeah, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> so basically, uh, there's this TV show called Turbo Man. And it's like the most popular TV show of all time. And the Turbo Man action figure goes for sale on around Christmas. And every kid in the world wants one. So uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character wants to get one for his kid and has trouble. And hijinks ensue. And it's amazing. And he tells people to put down cookies. And it's just the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Was, <laughs> okay. I watched it when I was younger a lot. Uh, yeah something about yeah, it I that. sorry when i say when i say best thing i've ever watched in my life i mean it, it's it's all right uh yeah oh we get it we get it <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's 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 like a christmas movie right and um full disclosure it, i'm a pretty there, big fan of christmas so there are not that many fun. movies like that anymore like are like you know there's something it was sort of a little... 90s thing wasn't it like yeah it was, yeah like home alone like those sort of movies and stuff oh like, yeah Home Alone, yeah. yeah. By the way, Home Alone, Home Alone Two is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Uh, <laughs> is the fir- what's the second? The second one is the one in New York, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And know, it kinda... start with with a guest appearance from from Future, uh, current president, uh, or I guess. <laughs> President to be Donald Trump. Current president elect Donald Trump. President elect, yeah. That's right. That's such a weird word. So that's, that's something that's happened since the last time we had a podcast, but let's not talk about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Talking about alternate <laughs> universes. Um, Jingle, <laughs> Jingle All the Way had like uh, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Just so. Just that, so sounds you know. right. that sounds about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> just a heads and, up. <laughs> and you know it does. It didn't matter because it made 130 million in the box office. So oh, so good. Who cares Just about classic, movies? classic Arnie? Yeah, classic you got Arnie. you. You have something here called director's cut, which is sounds very interesting because it's a play on director's cut. But what's what is director's cut? Yeah, it's definitely not a play on director's cut in any way. Um, it's this really YouTube. Yeah, it really. Uh, it's this YouTube channel where. Um, this guy named Jimmy DeResta, who's an artist, but he's, he specializes in like woodwork, metalworking and all that sort of stuff. Basically, oh, okay. he just like, he like films some stuff doing a project for films, some films himself doing a project. Um, and then he just like edits the, the, the video himself and, mm-hmm. and it's like the, the editing's really good in it. And then he just sort of like talks through what he's doing as the video is going. And, it's uh there's two things about it one it's like it's always like really inspiring to see people like working with their hands doing artistic stuff like that and it it always like every time i watch something like that just makes me want to go do the same thing myself right and secondly it's just like these videos are just incredibly therapeutic just like watching him like cut wood on a table saw or like just hammer nails into a chicken coop or something like that it's just like yeah there's a there's a lot of videos uh like people who make uh, cool videos on youtube sort of similar have you heard of yeah. uh have you heard of ave like uh the canadian yeah. dude well he doesn't yeah, do he, does, like, he takes, doesn't yeah <laughs> takes apart tools and stuff and <laughs> super like, I like spook that, that guy is just entertaining even if you yeah. don't if you're not into uh making things yeah he's a bit crude uh, at times but <laughs> yeah it's very crude. i want to i want to say his uh uh, you know the line he always says at the end of every video, but I'm not sure it's very family friendly. Yeah, I would uh, then avoid it. Keep something <laughs> in your vice. <laughs> um, the the the, the cut videos are they like around ten minutes each or? 15 yeah, they're, minutes or are they they're usually about long? they're usually about ten minutes each. So Jimmy Deresta has like oh, okay. very he has various sort of endeavors. He has he makes videos for Make Magazine, and then he. Okay. Um, he has his own channel 
Um, and the videos that he does for Make Magazine and his own channel are basically just him. He cuts these videos, but then he doesn't talk over them. It's just like video of him doing the work and there's no talking or anything. Um, but then there's this other company called Core 77. And he, the videos he does for those are the ones that he, he does voiceover on. And those are my favorite. Those ones are my favorite. So it's really cool. cool. Um, but yeah, speaking of YouTube videos, um, my favorite website, tested.com, released a YouTube video of uh, sort of a little peek into Peter Jackson's personal prop collection. And uh, they, they're basically, it's a, like a seven minute long video and it's just Adam Savage and Peter Jackson talking about the movie prop from 2001 a Space Odyssey, uh, where it's HAL 9000's sort of like faceplate little eye, like glowing red eye thing. Yeah. Um, and it is so cool. Like, it's just like, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of obviously of both Adam Savage and Peter Jackson and, um, it's just an amazing to see sort of a little tiny little glimpse into his personal collection. And even though they're only talking about the one prop, it's just like you see in the background of the, this video, like so many other amazing things that I just like, I just want to go and like look at and hold myself. Um, which, which as a side point, I'm hoping to do so at some point in the near future, but um, I'll, I'll have to ask the right people. But uh, the, um, my favorite thing about it is that Peter Jackson, like for the longest time that he owned this, this HAL 9000 plate, he just like, didn't even really, he, he didn't think it was a complete thing. Right. Um, cause like he, he couldn't get like the eye thing to work or anything. And then like one time Adam was just there visiting and he's like, Oh no, no, you just like take this off and turn that around. And there you go. And so like Peter Jackson's owned this thing for years, but only recently knew that it was actually as awesome as it is. <laughs> it's like, it's like this, he's just amazing director guy who loves these things but he just like clearly just collects them because he likes the objects not he doesn't care if they they really like are exactly right or whatever it's just it, yeah it's there's just, a if you go to tester.com there's a good gallery of uh photographs of all a lot of the props in there yeah for sure it's a it's a pretty comprehensive gallery it's like a hundred and some odd pictures and stuff it's it's really good i wish they uh i told you guys but i wish they'd do one uh I know somebody's done it, but I wish they'd do the same thing they did with Peter Jackson's uh, prop cave with uh, Guillermo del Toro's collection, because I'm sure that yeah. is uh, worth watching. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's that's one thing as well. Is I um it that video is one of three that they're going to be releasing. So there's going to be a couple more videos in PJ's like personal collection. So I'm really looking forward to those. Um, and as a side point to what you just said, so he'll, uh, Adam Savage is really good friends with Guillermo del Toro. So right. I think chances of, of, uh, them actually going and getting a tour of, of Bleak House as Guillermo calls it, oh. um, it's probably pretty high. I think yeah, that'd be cool, sweet. Yeah. I know, uh, Andy Richter of, uh, the, the, Con the Conor O'Brien show went, uh, to, <clears throat> to Guillermo del Toro's yeah. Bleak House. Yeah. I think they bro broke one of the props. Too. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I think uh, the cameraman sw swung the wrong way or something, mm, and then he mm. he dropped a statue or something. That was uh, you, you should have seen the look of the of Del Toro's face. He's like, yeah, okay. He, he just looked sad, but he was like, he just you know he knew he, he couldn't help it. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. That was interesting. It's been a while since I watched Hellboy. I should, I think it's like should be mandatory to watch Hellboy every. Every few years, Hellboy and Pan's those, Labyrinth. Those movies are pretty amazing. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, Pan's Labyrinth is one of the most emotional movies I've ever seen. Like that, that movie just gets me every time. The the the, the song in it is pretty good. Oh yeah, totally. I should um, I just I'm not pretty shit at pretty bad at uh, <laughs> mimicking music. <laughs> uh, was, I think you were going for a Madman intro there. You know the Madman intro? Yeah, I know. I've, I've, oh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> Speak of Madman. Speaking of Madman. So I, I started watching Madman yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much this uh, this week. I'll talk about it 
maybe more than two weeks time. I would have because I just I just, I'm just like halfway through season one. Right. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, I probably recommend it. If if you watch TV shows and you don't like, you think they, there's not enough drinking and smoking and uh, and, a, and like a pinch of uh, sexism and racism in your shows, it's like definitely the one to go to. And it's set in the sixties, so that's always good. But yeah, I'll talk about it more later on. But I've watched uh, another two movies that I watched this um, uh, in the past two weeks is uh, Youth, which is directed by. Uh, Oh my god, I can't remember. The guy, the, Italian the Italian director, director, yeah. Yeah, he, he directed a movie called uh, The Great Beauty, which won the best um, foreign picture. So this this is youth is about, it's got Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel. Um, and they live in this, they don't live, they, they go to this like resort slash spa in Switzerland. It's like the most beautiful place in the whole world I've ever seen. It's like beautiful green mountains and beautiful blue water and so on and uh, it's definitely more indie it has like weird things going on with it and, uh, um, did you watch yeah, uh, the great beauty i've seen it i enjoyed it so what is more weird the great beauty or this one because the great <sighs> beauty has a definite strong level of weird stuff going on in that movie i would say yeah, I think the Great Beauty is definitely a little bit weirder. Yeah, okay. weirder. That's that's good. It's because because youth is just a little bit. It's more. I guess it's more. Um, it's hard. It's hard, hard to explain why it's it's less weird, but it's it's less weird. Is it worth watching? Yes. Uh, what really? It's, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, another movie I watch is Anomalisa, which is a. Uh, which is uh, what's it called? An, an animated film, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by it's a like, director called Charlie Kaufman. It's three D. It's all three D printed characters, right? Uh, is that right? Is it three D printed? No, I think it's like. I th- oh, maybe, maybe I'm confusing you. Sorry, yeah, stop motion, but using three D printed. Uh, actually, maybe. now you mention it, some some of the characters did look a little bit like when they did a close up of some of the characters, they did look a bit three D. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure. Um, right. right. I, I should say though, it is an animated, but it is an R-rated animated film. So there's a lot of cursing and uh, and, and so on. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it's not. It's, it's not like a lot of cursing. There's a bit of cursing, and then there's a little bit of a bit of like sex and nudity and all that. Stuff. I I can confirm it was 3D printed faces at least. Okay. Oh really? Okay. That, hmm, that, that explains. Yeah, because when they did it, like so there was like, a couple of close-ups on the faces, and it was like. It looked familiar, but I wasn't sure where I saw this from. Um, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, speaking of that youth that I was mentioning, the director's name is Paolo Sorrentino. Just, uh, just uh, throwing mm. it out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was gonna say I also read a book, which is interesting. A book called A Heart So White, which is a it's a Spanish book, a Spanish writer called uh, Javier Marias. I read it in English though because I don't uh, understand Spanish, but it's like uh, talks about like the, the doubt and fragility of marriage and stuff like that. It's uh it's interesting, mm. like mm. not now it's it's almost full half philosophical, half novel. It's uh yeah. How did you find out about it? Uh, my uncle uh, recommended it. He writes, cool. so he recommended it to me. Nice. Mm. All right, um, I'll just touch on one more thing here before we switch to the next section. Um, there, do you guys know about David Blaine? Know who David Blaine is? Yeah, he's the magician, right? He's the magician. Uh, he had this little bit on the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show, which started off this whole thing for me. He did this trick. You can watch it on YouTube. It's totally crazy. He basically put an aquarium in his stomach and then started regurgitating some of the animals in his aquarium. It's totally weird. <laughs> And I was like, okay, um, I know this guy, I've heard of him, but uh, there's this special on Netflix, David Blaine, Real or Magic, and I just watched it, and it was it was really entertaining. It's got like a whole host of uh, celebrities that he, famous people, like Stephen Hawking is in it, Woody Allen, uh, Richard Vez, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro, Harrison Ford, Har- and some of them, like he take he takes them to the point of like crying and like tears, like they just don't know how he's doing some of this stuff. 
And really? some of it is like sleight of hand card tricks. Some of it is more mental stuff like he'll make two people look at each other, close their eyes, they have some sort of connection, and then he'll touch one on the nose and he'll ask the other person, do you feel something? And the other person will go like, yeah, like you touched me on the nose, right? And <laughs> he'll say no. And everybody, like uh, he did one with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, and she was like crying. She's like, what, what are you doing? Um, and then he, uh, on top of all that stuff, he has like the one big trick, uh, which in this case was like um, becoming like a water hose. He'd drink a lot of water and then like put out a fire that he had stoked with kerosene that he had drunk. So he'd drink the kerosene, <laughs> spit it on fire, and then regurgitate all the water. It's all crazy. And then obviously he was promoting his new special uh, that came out last week called Beyond Magic. And I ended up watching that as well. It's similar to the previous special. He meets a few famous people, the Beckhams, Dave Chappelle, a few other people. And he, and his big trick in this one is like stopping a bullet with his mouth. Uh, and it's mm. like, uh, there are parts, like, you know, magicians are, you, you think of magicians, you think all psychic stuff and, you know, it's all fake. But this guy is like really cool, sort of down to earth. He like recognizes the dangers. Parts of the show are like documentary uh, because the documentary type, he'll go and talk to a real doctor and, you know, he'll do his tricks while being x-rayed or something. And they're like talking about how the kind of physical limitations there are. And everybody basically tells him you're going to kill yourself, but he doesn't care. And yeah, it's like, he's, uh, he's one crazy dude. And, uh, those, those specials are pretty entertaining. Yeah. That's, that's about as much as, uh, all of us have seen or, played uh, or read this past week so I think it's time to move on and breeze through some of these news items. Jack you didn't have any news to yeah, I don't share? Have, I, don't have, I have nothing to share. Awesome. Okay Michael <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, th- So my, my yeah. first my first news news item here is um, it, was, it would have been just over a week ago now but the Valyrian the first Valyrian trailer than Luc Besson film mm-hmm. sort of the spiritual successor to the fifth element which is my favorite movie of all time with some caveats um, so yeah so they came up with the first trailer and a bunch of images and oh man does it ever look amazing it looks it looks and feels like the fifth element did and that excites me to no end so very much looking forward to that one, and I highly recommend you guys uh, go and watch this trailer, or at least the first third of it. <clears throat> first third of it, which is sort of yeah, which is sort of our rule. We watch the first third of trailers so we don't ruin too much of the of the movies. Yeah, it was great. Um, the trailer was pretty yeah, good. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, the uh, there's other trailers uh, out this week as well, like Kong Skull oh, Island. Yeah, Oh man, I'm so excited for Kong Skull Island. Like, it looks like. Okay, so the, so I, I watched the trailer twice. I watched the whole thing twice, and it was as far as trailers go, it was pretty good. It didn't really like give away too much, I don't think. Um, but Kong is such like a historic character that there's not really much to give away anyway, because everyone knows sort of the story. So it'll be interesting to see how they sort of adapt it. But is uh, Weta um, involved at all? Not to my knowledge, because they did uh, um, they did Kong right for Peter Jackson's. Yeah, they did. You're right. So it's it's a legendary pictures film, which means that um, it's probably all uh, ILM, um, ILM, and uh, Stan Winston, um, so the Stan Winston School or whatever the the props company there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so. The first time I watched the trailer, I was a little bit worried because it, it almost looked like the movie didn't really take itself really that seriously. And, and and some movies like shouldn't take themselves seriously. But Kong, to me, is like it's a very serious story about the ape. It's not about the human, the human characters. It's about the ape and um, or gorilla. I, I, might, I might be offending someone by calling the gorilla an ape. I don't know. Uh, um, no. OK, <laughs> gorilla, gorillas are apes. Okay, then I'm I think that is for true. Questioning myself, <laughs> um, <laughs> I apologize. So anyway, so yeah, so Kong is the story should be entirely about the ape, and I was worried by watching the trailer the first time that there's like all these other characters that are like like the 
the guy from Talladega Nights. I can never remember his name. Um, John C. Riley. Yeah, John C. Riley. He right. like <laughs> that guy's. He's pretty funny, but he's he doesn't really seem to fit in that sort of movie. Um, but at the same time, I watched it a second time, and like it, it sort of like seemed a little more serious the second watch through. And man, when they released that first teaser back uh, at um, at San Diego Comic Con, yeah, I was so excited. It's just like the perfect blend between Apocalypse Now and King Kong, which is like King Kong is like one of my favorite sort of movie characters of all time. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And there's that one scene in the, in the trailer where it's like Kong in front of the sun. And then there's two helicopters like flying towards them. Right. So cool. So cool. I'm so excited by that one. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like, I probably should have put that in like the things we're excited about segment of this thing but i'm super excited about <laughs> kong skull island when is it um, out march march of next year okay. is it really yeah. okay i was just looking it up but yeah cool um, yeah so I'll, I'll definitely be looking forward to that one um but yes so it's kind of like getting towards awards season too hey like yeah um and I've been noticing a lot of awards buzz for La La Land, which is a movie I'm really excited about. Um, I've talked about it a couple times on this show already, mm-hmm. but uh, I really, really hope that that it does well in the awards. Even though I haven't seen it yet, I'm just like, I know I'm going to love it. Um, yeah. So there was, a, there was a ceremony, uh, like, it's called the Hollywood Film Awards. It's not a big thing. There are lots of people who go to it, apparently. And it's only in its, well, it started in 1997. So it's, it's, it's not very established, but it sort of was a, a nice teaser for maybe what kind of movies are being considered for awards. So La La Land did win for best uh, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was all it won. And also mm-hmm. for producer, cause, uh, the guy who won probably producer award, Mark Platt, uh, worked on La La Land. Best Director, mm-hmm. surprisingly, or maybe not, went to uh, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge. So he, oh, really? he won the, one of the big awards of the night. Uh, best Actor was Tom Hanks. Best Actress, Natalie Portman. Uh, so Tom Hanks for Sully, Natalie Portman for Jackie. And mm-hmm. uh, Hugh Grant won for Supporting Actor. He has a new movie called Florence Foster Jenkins. I haven't heard of it. And mm-hmm. uh, Supporting Actress was Nicole Kidman for Lion, which is... Uh, that uh the new movie with dev patel so yeah mm-hmm. there's uh it's supposed to be like just a sort of non-serious award show maybe and uh but it seems like many of the movies that are being considered uh for award, for later award shows uh popped up here so <laughs> some more awards news uh this is one of those uh the annual governor's awards are like uh, the academy the Film Academy's way of honoring people, uh, like sort of with lifetime achievement awards, but they're not exactly lifetime achievement awards. They're just sort of honorary awards. And then during the actual Oscars, they'll show a montage of people mm-hmm. who got those awards. So this one was held, uh, last weekend, I think. And the four people won included Jackie Chan, who everybody knows, Ann Coates, who was a editor who worked on things like, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Lynn Stallmaster, casting director for many old movies that only Jack will probably know. I don't know, like any of the movies she's worked on. And then uh, Frederick Wiseman, who uh, was a documentarian, or most famously known for his documentaries. But yeah, Jackie Chan mm-hmm. uh, has a really great uh, acceptance speech. If you guys should seek it out, um, it's, it's really funny. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the Game Awards also, sp- again, speaking of awards, uh, the nominees were announced. This is more like of, uh, it's not very highbrow like the BAFTAs or anything like that, but it is one of the more recognized video game award shows every year. And, uh, I just want to point out that, uh, Game of the Year does not include Hitman and therefore all other awards in the ceremony are null and void. Um, <laughs> Game of the Year nominees include Doom, Inside, Overwatch, Titanfall, and Uncharted 4 and yeah 
nothing so surprising there besides inside it's a very small indie game so mm-hmm. it's good to see that there yeah. yeah so you can see all the nominees online but yeah i'm pretty disappointed hitman didn't get nominated and then um yeah in other news this is really just a really side thing that i noticed uh, terry cruz famous for being in everything basically a uh, really nice guy is making a PC, a gaming PC, and there's like this whole internet, there's a whole YouTube video series that'll be done for it. And there's there's this intro video where Terry Crews is like standing there and just being Terry Crews about video games, and it's just the best thing. It's really funny. <laughs> He's just like so excited. He's like, I'm gonna make a PC, this guy's gonna help me. It's either gonna be about Old Spice or like the president he played in some movie, I can't remember the movie now, uh, President Camacho or something. And it's like, you guys get to choose. I'm really excited about this stuff. I think it's the future. Yeah, so nice. I don't know. I just thought I'd mention that. But yeah, transitioning now from news to things we're excited about. Uh, let's start maybe with Jack, who hasn't spoken for a bit. Uh, Jack. <laughs> yeah, that was like a lot of awards, man. Okay, um, so, <laughs> so, so because we do this thing every two weeks, I've written this two weeks ago, which is, uh, I, I'm excited about the Grand Tour, right? Uh, which I still am, I guess. I've changed my mind like 20 minutes ago, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's, it's come out, I think it's officially out in the US, um, UK, Japan, and Germany. I don't know why those, like, I know why the US makes sense and the UK makes sense, but Germany and Japan don't make sense to me, at least to me. I don't know, I'm sure there's like some uh, legal reason or something. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to watch that show. I know that they're going to have like uh, some really cool cars, and I guess Michael already mentioned it earlier, how the first episode is pretty awesome. So yeah, that's me. I guess you're excited about that too, so how? Yeah, yeah, I've got pretty excited to watch that. Also, looking forward to, I'm probably not going to have too much time to go watch uh, all these movies, but there's really good movies coming out in the next two weeks. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge is already out. I want to watch that. Uh, Moana is coming out. Uh, Lion, yeah, pretty excited about that stuff. Mm. But that's about it. Um, so I, I just saw a little news thing today, actually, which got me really excited. Is um, Disney is going to be building an Avatar section in the Animal Kingdom, which okay. I, I, I can't remember if the Animal Kingdom is at Disneyland in California or Disney World in Florida. I can't remember. But either way, like I love. I love amusement parks. Like I think they're especially like movie themed ones. That's why like Universal Studios is awesome. The Jurassic Park ride at Universal Studios is just the best. I could ride that all day every day. Um, but uh, I'm I'm super excited to to be able to sort of in some way go to Pandora, which is like the moon where right. where uh, Avatar takes place. Is, um, is is it gonna be like virtual reality? No. I, well, who uh, knows? But I think it's it's like a like a physical oh, theme park okay. that they're building. It, it, it um, just so, seems it just seems appropriate for that specific world to be virtual reality. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have some sort of virtual reality portion to it in some somehow. Um, but yeah, the it's like similar to like the Star Wars theme park that Disney's building. Like I'm excited about that one as well. But like I maybe I've been living under a rock or something. I just hadn't heard about this Avatar one before. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited with that. When I read that first, I was like, "Wait, Disney's making something where you can have an avatar and then do virtual realities. Like, you know, you're gonna be a virtual reality avatar and then just sort of explore their virtual theme park." <laughs> no, actually, there's also a video game that came out called uh, Planet Coaster. I think Planet Coaster. I heard it's about that. Like a, it's like a theme park building game, and apparently, it's just phenomenal. And yeah. I really want to play it. Yeah, so, I heard yeah. it's really good. Did, did, did it win any awards? I was not <laughs> nominated for any awards. So, so unfortunately. <laughs> There's so many video games, they can't give them all awards, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, should we should we move on to the big, bad yes. final segment, yeah. which is going to be the Arrival spoiler cast? So full warning, everyone, we are going to be spoiling the heck out of this movie. So if you don't want it to be spoiled, I recommend you tune off now and then go and watch it also now and then come back and finish listening to this podcast exactly Um, but yeah so to jump back into into the movie itself which i 
I really thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I think we should start off maybe by talking about our our feelings a little more in depth than one sentence this time. Uh, yeah. Why didn't you Why didn't you go ahead, Michael? Uh, so my my overall impression was like I, I walked out of the, the cinema a little bit confused in some ways. Um, I thought it was a stunningly beautiful movie and had some incredibly poignant moment, moments. But overall, I think the sort of like the big reveal at the end was was a little bit. Well, there's two things about it. It was a little bit convoluted. And two, I thought it was going to be a reveal about the aliens, not a reveal about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but overall, like I, I, I would definitely watch the movie again. I probably, probably, actually, be worthwhile to watch a movie a second time to pick up on a lot of things that you would have missed the first time through. So, yeah. I, I would, I would say I'd watch it again, but only specific parts of it because uh, I, I generally thought it was a good movie. Maybe I came in with really high expectations of like this is gonna blow me away, like The Martian did, or uh like uh i don't think it was at the level of the martian as a sci-fi space epic maybe okay okay i'm not i'm not i'm not finished this is gonna be a common trend okay go ahead are you telling me you were blown away by the martian i thought the martian was a better movie than this in terms of uh okay i would go back and watch the martian right now but this movie i don't think i i don't know maybe i'm getting off track but i'll say this this much um there was for me a dichotomy of really great scenes really amazing scenes for example all the stuff that happened inside the shell with the aliens there was a like they're beautiful set pieces and then you go outside of that world outside of that shell and there's a lot of generic and rote and convoluted and very sort of um Maybe the word cheesy is a bit too much, but very like things I've seen before and that I didn't like. For example, okay, like the whole idea that Russia and China are like these big antagonists. It's been done before. It's boring. It's like they also have, you know, subtleties and things that they're doing on their end. But it's always like shown off as like, oh, the Russians have got the big tanks and they're going to fire them. And the Chinese are ready to go to war or something like that. And it just turned out to be sort of generic people talking like on this big screen, like Russia, Tokyo. It felt, it didn't feel real. It didn't feel grounded. Like the CIA guy talking to his boss on a big screen in the middle of the base. Like, why couldn't he go on his phone? Like, this was supposed to be a secret conversation. I know he's the only one in his room, but he doesn't have headphones on. The guy's like on a giant screen and they're talking. And that to me is just totally against the realism they're trying to portray with Amy Adams, like, you know, doing all the linguistic professionalism, all that stuff. It's just, there was a dissonance there that I just couldn't get my head around that made me, in the end, kind of disappointed with mm, with whatever yeah, was agree. around the aliens. I agree with the whole sort of like stereotypical, oh, it's like the Chinese and the Russians who are like, they're the ones that, that are causing the sort of the, yeah. the problems with the, like, like, or the potential, like they were the, the, the antagonists of sorts in the movie. And that, that kind of irked me a little bit. Like, why, why does it have to be them? Why can't it be like, well, why can't it be the Americans? You know, why can't they be the ones who are, mm-hmm. or the Canadians? There was no Canada. And it's why in stark contrast. <laughs> And it's in stark contrast, uh, yeah, especially with a Canadian director, but it was in stark contrast to um, the stuff that's happening inside the shell where you're like, wow, I've never seen this before. Like, this is mm. brilliant. This is amazing. And then I go outside the shell and it's all back to the same end of the world. Things we've seen before many, many times and maybe even done better. And it was, yeah, I don't know. It was kind mm. of disappointing. And then there's the whole part about the renegade group that wanted to blow up the aliens. I felt that mm-hmm. they didn't develop that bit of plot. Like, it just happened so quickly. They showed yeah, a little bit. I, yeah, I they showed a little bit of it, but it just happened so quickly. They didn't try and explain exactly those people's emotions. It was just this quick plot device to put things, to put the end in, in into action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the, the bit where... The, yeah, like like that those the renegades guys that that part like really annoyed me. But at the same time, I think it was necessary for the story. Um, the the where where it was it was Cust- wait did Costello 
die or did it? No, I see it. Was it Abbott? Uh, Abbott. I think, yeah. Okay, well, whichever one died, if it was Abbott or Costello, I can't remember which one. When right. when the other one was like, or Abbott is in dying process or whatever, because he's like trying to to translate. Oh, that like that really hit me hard. I was like, oh, he's in dying process. That that's sad. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was that was interesting. Even like the like uh, just to before before I let Jack totally try and. Um, unravel my whole argument that i think there are lots of great things about the movie um sound design is amazing like all the alien sounds is, is really great the design of the yeah. alien characters is cool and sort of different um amy adams is great even though i think her character is not my favorite um the uh jeremy renner's good but on the flip side that's it when you think about that movie and performances, who else can you think about? Or Forrest Whitaker was just like invisible most of the time. He just said mm-hmm. words. He wasn't doing much. Of, I think there was no surrounding cast there. The CIA agent was very like Michael Stahlberg, wasted. He's just like this, you know, annoying dude who's always against the protagonists. And that's it. It's Michael mm-hmm. Stahlberg, Forrest Whitaker, and I don't know, maybe the kid. And the two aliens. Yeah, so I think like the linguistic side of the story was like that was phenomenal. Like yeah. I, never in my life have I been have I been interested in linguistics. True. In any way whatsoever. But at, like while I was watching that movie, I was like, wow, like this is like this is how they would have done it in real life when they like meet a culture who mm-hmm. doesn't speak a language, but they don't know what the language is. So like, this is actually how they would go about figuring out what it all meant and how to translate and talk to each other. Like that was really cool. Yeah, I um, think I would have yeah, watched sorry. an entire movie about that. <laughs> just that. That would be okay with me. Yeah. But yeah, so so Jack, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, I really liked it. I guess it has problems, but you know, I, I have problems too. So I, sort of, <laughs> I, 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 I can I can live with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I I agree with that statement. Like, I think it was a great movie and well worth watching. Yeah, exactly. And then there's like um. I think it's the thing about like space films, generally speaking, they do have like that, that sort of ensemble feel. But this this definitely was definitely focused on one cat. You know how there's those those movies where it's really just one character's journey or something. This is one of those mm-hmm. stories. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if if if, if you don't like the uh, like if, it, if there isn't enough screen time for any of the other characters because it's really all about Amy Adams's character, right? Louis. Yeah. And then uh, you talk about Michael Stahlberg's uh, his being like CIA, but he's actually telling you what's happening with the real world, what's happening with all the other different other countries. It's not being he's not being negative for the sake of being negative. He's being negative because if if, if it backfires, because these aliens turn out to be villains or something, then mm-hmm. you're um, well, well, the country's screwed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think. The, sorry, carry on. No, go ahead. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm out of words. Well, I was just going to say that the... I I was unsatisfied with the reason that the aliens were there. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that was like one of the one of the big big things about that movie for me. Um, well, that's a big part of it. But at the same time, I'm not sure how else or what else they could have said for it to be like a sort of convincing believable thing so so like, apparently um uh, i was reading up on this movie after i watched it and, and apparently each of the 12 aliens uh to, to uh, sorry each of the 12 uh, ships were supposed to introduce a, a specific technology to, to that uh, country or whatever so right. like one of them was supposed to give faster than light travel one of them is supposed to give uh healing powers or something and, and and so on but apparently i think the director wrapped wrapped like took it out just because he thought it was similar to interstellar even though it isn't uh, okay right because, because right. There's, there's definitely like time elements right there's that time element mm-hmm. that you see in the nolan movie especially like the near way, time yeah yeah especially like the like it end like it starts with the end but uh it's sort of like Inception, how it starts. He's like in the ocean, yeah. or whatever. It was very mm-hmm. the very Nolan esque ending, and be, like the whole wrapping around was very Nolan esque, and it's uh, mm. 
it was pretty cool and it like it really made me think like i had to think about it a lot um in order yeah. to sort of like be okay with it <laughs> like it, when i first saw it, i was like wait this is no that's silly but then i thought about it some more and, and yeah I, I actually quite liked it i think it um, doesn't convey that uh it doesn't convey the 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 it doesn't let you make the connections very easily you have to sort of really think, think about, about them hard after the movie um so on, on that front think that hard yeah, I guess, but for some people, like there was a couple of people in the theater who left, uh, kind of, like the first two people to leave when the movie's credits started rolling, and uh, they were being, they were being stupid. But uh, to say it out loud, but out loud as they walked behind between the front and the uh, up lower and upper bowl, they were like, "What a bunch of bullshit!" Was their comment <laughs> as, as they walked by. <laughs> so there's those people um, who will go like. Uh okay, you lost me. But uh I think they also rushed a lot of it. The ending is yeah, I think it would have worked this 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 story and premise could work amazingly for a TV show. Just saying if they ever mm-hmm. want to do it. Do you guys know what the bird was all about? Do I? No. Oh, the bird. Yeah, yeah. I, I no, I think it was just like a like a canary in a coal mine in case like the, the atmosphere. Oh, really? Ah, that's the like the, 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 that's that's what I was thinking. So you know, Jack. Jack, you know, Jack. They should have had like a character just you know say a, a throwaway line, being like, "Hey, why do you have the bird?" Because da 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 da. Instead of like this whole, it seemed, yeah. It seemed, uh, I thought the only reason they had the bird is in case like the, there's no oxygen or something. Yeah, but some of us are stupid. You know, we need to be told these kind of things. <laughs> no, that makes so no. much sense. It, that it makes like so even, much sense. It was even a canary. Like, well, what else do you want? I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I, I, we're moving away from coal mines and stuff. I don't know. It looks like a mine. It looks like a mine shaft. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, like that, yeah. That's like that's a really interesting thought, but like, you don't do that in modern day things. You have like electronic sensors and yeah, stuff. I so. know. Maybe they maybe <laughs> like they couldn't like, trust their sensors. You never know. No, yeah, maybe. maybe. I, I, I think it's more visual. Yeah, and it's, it's, it was a neat little. It's better than showing like a like a like a meter, an oxygen meter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack, and I think uh, Renner, Renner, and Amy Adams was were both. If you think about it, there were no aliens. They were just looking at probably a green screen, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think mm-hmm. about that, they were really great at like conveying this sort of wonder as they look at these yeah. things. You're right though. The the every scene inside of the alien ships were like, everyone was magical. Yeah. Like that's where the movie really shined for me. Um, yeah. I agree with you there, Sahil. Yeah. Actually, um, an- another moment that I really liked was like the, the moment where uh, like uh, Amy Adams is with her daughter, like the beginning at, at the end. Mm-hmm. It's like it has mm-hmm. like a very Terrence Malick vibe to it. Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 I was vibrant. thinking. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. And I like I like the music really there good. too. Yeah. Um, actually, one of my favorite scenes was the first scene when, when the first time that Louise and, and them are, are entering the alien ship, when they yeah. raise the scissor lift up and then they, the, like, it's like stops and like, okay, well, now that, what, now what are they going to do? It's not, they have like another hundred feet to go. Right. And then like that r- sort of reveal as to how that, that dynamic worked or that physical thing worked. That was really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> Um, and I, sh- I should say as well that that I wouldn't call this a space movie in any way whatsoever. Um, no, uh, it's, it's it's an alien it's movie. It's a sci-fi. It's an alien movie. Yeah, it's a sci-fi yeah. movie. For sure. um, a and going going back to your going back to your comment about the Martian Sahil, I agree. The Martian like blew me away. It was awesome. That movie was amazing in every way except for the third act. Totally lost me on the third. If only there was a way that they could like find out what would and wouldn't make sense in a science fiction movie or like a space movie. Mm, if, only. Ask, if only they could just ask someone. I'm sure they didn't, you know, go and talk to JPL people or anything like that. They just, they just, they're so, you know, you know, movie producers, but yeah, yeah Arrival is a interesting movie with some, for me, um, amazing elements and some very, I, like I was literally holding my head, some points like going ah you know this could have been much better this is yeah so i thought 
I was just going to say, I thought it was a very beautiful movie, visually. Yeah, mm, for sure. Visually yeah. The, the, the cinematographer is actually uh, doing uh, the, the Han Solo spinoff film. Mm. His name is mm-hmm. Bradford Young. All oh, right. Nice. I was going to say, that what's really interesting, because usually with movies, um, especially like recently, the lead is always like a like he's in the army or the navy or something. It was nice to see like a linguist, which is something I've never seen in a True. somewhere from in a movie. Which is always good. It's like you know how Indiana Jones is an archaeologist, which is something you never see. Or, or you have like Sam Neill in Jurassic Park is a paleont is it paleontologist? Uh, like it's always interesting when you see like this profession that you've never seen in movie but but the you thing know, is true. with uh with harrison with indiana jones and uh what's the other sam example Neill. you just gave it was sam oh, neill did we really see them looking at like charts and actually doing the work did you see no, indiana jones doing archaeology it was just no, like no, this but, but I, I bet you after that movie came out that's probably like a hundred i got knows how many thousands of people was like i want to become an archaeologist too uh yeah maybe yeah this goes back to my my thinking that i should really make an apollo 11 movie for the 50th anniversary that focuses on the engineers and the engineering involved rather than the astronauts yeah um but like, well, do it like in such a way th- that new movie that hidden strangers cool. Hidden figures. That's true. Hidden, yeah, hidden figures. I saw the trailer. And it looks like it's doing well. It's it's tackling mm-hmm. other issues, but it's focusing on people who are like engineers and mathematicians. Yeah, uh, that, that looks program. pretty good, actually. I'm excited about yeah. that. One. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more focused on Mercury Seven, Merc- Mercury astronauts, more than the uh, Apollo. I think. Okay. Great. Was it? Was it? Was it um, Maybe it's Apollo. I don't know. Also, I just want to say, so Denis Villeneuve directed Arrival, and I thought he did a pretty great job of it and it just makes me so much more excited for the blade runner sequel right so excited have you seen the other Villeneuve films Sicario yeah that, I, I was gonna say let's do a poll um has everyone seen every movie that Villeneuve has made for the last since in sondi no i have not okay what Villeneuve movies have you seen uh sicario oh you saw it yeah, that was yeah, pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, um, Jack. Oh, where about you? Oh, I saw, I saw. I think I saw Sunday, and I saw Polytechnic, and I saw Sicario, and I saw Prisoners, and I saw this one. Okay, like, all of them, most, well, most of them, if not all. He even has a short movie that's really, really funny. It's like a, it's like a guy who's uh, trying to get voted, elected into like office or something. And uh, yeah, you should, you guys should look it up. But it's, uh, he's like talking to these people. It's it's like uh, stock footage edited with this guy speaking, and uh, it's it's very funny and entertaining, and uh, it's quite uh, something to talk about afterwards. I'll, I'll find it. I'll post it for you. If I, if I look back at all these four or five movies I've watched of his since Insandi, I think it's uh, still Prisoners is still no Insandi, and then Prisoners are still my favorite. And then hmm. Sicario and Arrival are on the lower end. Even though when I say lower end, I still mean pretty good movies. But if you haven't mm-hmm. seen Prisoners and Insomnia, man, those those are yeah. those are tough to watch, but they're great. They're really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, anybody has any more comments about Arrival before we uh, sign up? Let me think really quickly. Oh yeah, I did want to make one comment. Uh, now when Amy Adams goes to like the special uh, place where like she's like in zero gravity, she's like floating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's super white. It's like super shiny mm-hmm. white, and her hair is flowing. I was thinking that what yeah. they should have done is um, in Inception there was like a scene where there was like a zero gravity, so Ellen Page had obviously long hair. So in order to avoid her hair dealing with zero gravity with her hair, they they had the whole scene she has her hair in a bun. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the problem is with Amy Adams that there's like feels more CGI than the rest of the movie. Like yeah, that I bet you that scene cost them so much money on the CGI side. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, but I thought it would be a lot easier if they just tied her hair in a bun, and then they they could have done more practical effect, and it would have just been shiny white mm-hmm. instead of just uh, mm-hmm. weird. Uh, I guess they're just trying to pu- they're just trying to push the envelope. Yeah. So that envelope. 
Speaking of envelopes, uh, no, couldn't, just couldn't do it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, if uh, you've survived the spoiler cast, uh, good for you. And thanks for, yeah, because I think if you didn't, then you're not going to be listening to this. But in any case, thank you for listening to another episode of Skip to Credits podcast. Um, You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and all the usual places. And uh, yeah, we'll be joining you or you'll be listening to us or our our warm dulcet tones will be illuminating your brains in another couple of weeks time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) See you guys.